Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through the day. Now here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief in Believing What is Possible for Your Life, a podcast that offers life, light, love, joy, healing, faith, and hope. On today's podcast, I have Geraldine Glass, who has found her way through life's challenges with the healing power of sound vibration. Geraldine. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. It was beautiful. So I want to introduce you to the listeners. And Geraldine Glass is an internationally acclaimed singer, crystal bowl alchemy sound healer, inspirational speaker, musician, and teacher, blending a classical career with meditation and transformational high vibration sound. Geraldine is the founder of Crystal Cadence Music of the Heart, a place for song and sound healing. Geraldine, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to be with us today. Mm, my great pleasure. My mm. great, great joy. So thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. It is, it is truly my honor and my privilege to have you on with us today. And Along with um, the singing that you, I mean, you are a professional singer and I could go on and on with, with everything that you have accomplished in your life. And I mostly want to speak with you today about how you got into the healing sounds, uh, the vibrational healing sounds, the sacred sounds, how that has changed your life, how that causes the healing and what it was that you had to heal from, because I know I was at the Science and Spirituality Conference where you were performing in June of 2018 in Canada, and you had spoken of your son, Dylan, who had passed away. And I was just in my seat, mesmerized by you thinking, my gosh, look at her. And at that time, your son had passed away. It had been three years. And I was so mesmerized by the smile that was on your face the whole entire time that you were singing and playing the crystal bowls. And I just needed to meet you. I would like to just dive in, not very gracefully, but I would like to dive in. And first, I would like to know a little bit about Dylan. Can you tell us a little bit about your son? Hmm. First of all, I can share with you that love is eternal and that we are connected forever through spirit through our soul and although he left the physical plane 
our relationship has become deeper and closer than I could ever have imagined. My boy was, he was an athlete, he was a musician, he was funny as heck, he was highly intelligent and a good friend. He was a good friend and we had many, many belly laughs. We were very, very close from the time he was born. And yeah, he's taught me so many things since his passing, which, yeah. you know, if anyone would tell a grieving parent, these kinds of things could happen. You just would want to tell them, please, thank you, but leave me in peace. Right. And, um, right. you know, we were so connected that on the night that he passed, I, I live in Los Angeles and I walked down to the ocean to find some comfort in nature with a very close friend who had known Dylan from the time he was seven. Uh, we were living in Germany. So Dylan was born and raised in Germany where I was working as an opera singer and a professor. And I started a kids foundation there, which Dylan was very much instrumental in. And it was a, a project that we would train children and teach them doing what they love to do. We would create a project that then the proceeds from that project would benefit children in need, either autistic children or children who had experienced loss or traumatic situations. So Dylan had always been involved in music from the time he was little and loved it. And so on the night that he passed, when I walked down to the beach with my friend Peter, at the same moment, we looked up at the sky and there was a huge shooting star. And I have, I grew up in Los Angeles. I have never seen a shooting star. The, the city is so bright. And it seemed to begin above my family's home, south of the airport in Los Angeles and cross the whole basin and land in the mountains behind LA. And I could hear his voice. I could hear him through sound vibration. I could hear him, mom, mom, I made it. It's like we always talked about. I'm home, I'm with God. And Peter and I both looked up, we both heard, like almost heard this whoosh of the star and it was like this huge upside down smile and I could hear my son's voice. And that was the beginning on the first day of just beginning to understand, oh my, we are so much more than this physical body. We are so much more than who we think we are. And that began this, this journey that has unfolded in magnificence. It's an unfolded in a completely new life connected with him through sound. And I began to understand what was told to me about two weeks after his passing, that he couldn't do what he needed to do on this plane, on this, on this planet, on this earthly life. And Dylan, as I said, was a, a brilliant kid, talented in everything he touched, but he began to fall into a, a depression as it became about 17, as it became closer and closer to applying for college and all the pressures that go with that. And then I just watched my boy fall into a depression. You know, he begged me to start with a medication and we, you know, he grew up a, a completely natural kid with in Germany, it was much easier to do that with the quality of the food and the not pressure for vaccinations, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I was pretty much against it. And he said, Mom, I, I really need some help. And so we started a medication. And within four months, he was gone. And um, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's hard. There's, yeah, there's, there's no words, you know. And when I began this process with him, you know, the psychic said to me, you understand that he was never meant to live a long life. She said, if it wasn't now, and if it wasn't his choice to go at this age at 19, it would have been in two or three years in a car accident or something else. She said, you understand that he and you had a soul contract of this bridge between heaven and earth, of this bridge of communication and this bridge of sharing the energetic of ascension, descension, of light, of groundedness on earth, of whatever you want to call it. And, you know, 
something in, in her words landed in me. There was some part of me that understood my goodness because Dylan had traveled with me from the time he really was born as an opera singer. When I was pregnant with him, I had a series of the ninth of Beethoven, the symphony, the ninth of Beethoven. Every time when he would cry in the car after he was born, I would put that music on and he would be silent. So I, I sang, I sang that, that piece, a series of, of the Beethoven ninth until nine days before he was born, he came early. So music was a way that, and sound that always connected us. And so I began to understand, okay, perhaps there really was a soul contract. But of course, I always want to say, I don't, I don't remember that young man. I don't remember putting my signature on that one. You know, I must have not been in my right mind. And, right. But as you know, you know, as it unfolds and we begin to understand that life is in our favor and that the things that happen in our lives are gifts. And again, if someone had said that to me right at the beginning, you know, I would have slapped them. It's like, yeah. don't even go there with me. But through everything that's unfolded and through his signs, either through light or sound vibration, I began to realize, oh my goodness. So there is something so much bigger than the two of us and our lives together on earth that is being called forward. And am I going to step in and steward that? Yes, I am. And does that mean sitting in the darkness and breathing that grief and processing it and not, boy, you know, you want to run right and left. You want to distract with whatever is possible. And he allowed me and sound allowed me by his communication to be able to sit in those heavy places and, you know, the sounding bowls that you heard uh, to play those sounds and to allow them to hold me in my grief and allow all feelings to be released and held in this sacred vibration of, of healing, healing frequencies. And the funny thing was when he was seven, eight, I heard those crystal bowls. I was with my mom traveling in the United States and I heard the bowls and I'm in love with them. And I said, mom, I got, I got to buy a set of these. So I bought a set of seven bowls, one for each chakra center, and I brought them home to Germany and I started using them with my students. In teaching students voice, if they had a blockage somewhere, I would say, choose one of the bowls and play it and just begin to tone with it, hum with it, make sounds with it. And lo and behold, the blockage would shift. So that was kind of my first real experience with sound as a healing force. And so when Dylan was 12, he entered a, a singing contest in Germany, a national singing contest. And uh, a lot of the kids in the Kids Foundation entered it and they each had to do a 15 minute program of singing, dancing, and a monologue. And so he had five songs and he made it to the semifinals. Five days before the semifinals, he walks in the room and he goes, mom, 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 mom. Oh. And he goes, mom. <laughs> My voice, what's happening? <laughs> I had never, um, I had, at that point, I had never guided a young man through their voice change. So all I knew how to do was to take different bowls and have him hum and sing and just breathe deeply, feel the presence of the sound vibration in his body, and then work with where he felt it in his body, in his belly, in his pelvis, in his throat, in his head. And we worked that week. And um, in the end, we lowered his keys. So the keys of his song dropped down a fourth. So he was moving into a tenor range instead of a soprano range or an alto <laughs> range. And um, he did the performance beautifully. And he was so cute. He got up and he said, my name is Dylan. And since a few days ago, I am no longer a soprano. <laughs> <laughs> confidence to you know to just stand there and express himself fully and it was it was incredible to watch that experience and so after he passed and the different signs were coming and you know as you know you you just go through different phases of not being able to get out of bed and not being able to go anywhere without crying etc um 
he communicated to me and he said, mom, you know, mom, call the bull dudes. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Cause he would, always, I could hear him always through, um, you know, through an internal sound. I could just hear his, his voice and his timbre. And it was like, son, leave me alone. I am grieving and don't play with me. And kind of conversations because he was very funny. He would make me just fall down in laughter. He's going, mom, call the bull dudes. And it was, it was really insistent. So I did. I called Crystal Tones and I had a conversation with the owner and I said, you know, here it is. I, I'm getting messages from my son and I'm supposed to call you and I think I'm supposed to do something with sound healing. And the owner was amazing. And I, at that time I picked out 11 bowls and I picked out alchemy. So the bowls are, they're made of quartz, but they're infused with different gemstones and earth substances. So I picked out things that seemed to resonate with the frequency that Dylan was. So I picked out celestite, I picked out selenite. So selenite is a grounded white light. And as I started playing these bowls, I would begin to process the grief and I would start to weep in a way that I had not processed before. The sound gave me a container to go deeper and to be okay sitting in those feelings of just incredible despair. And I would play the bowls 45 minutes, I would tone, I would scream, I would express anguish, and then it would be over. And I, I'll never forget going into the bathroom and washing my face and looking in my eyes and seeing light and it was like oh my this this boy wherever he is is guiding his mom in a completely a completely new way that was would not have been possible in his human form i, I guess you know right yes absolutely Geraldine, can i ask you so how far down the path were you when when you heard dylan say to you I'm surprised you haven't named your website this. This is so funny. Call the bull dudes. <laughs> I love that. How how far after his passing did he tell you that? It was August. So he passed March 27th. And it was the beginning of August. It was around the time of my dad's birthday. And I, I knew the two of them, you know, were together. They were they were very close. And um my dad passed when Dylan was seven, and Dylan actually sang at his service. And he sang a little song, I'll, I'll Be Your Candle on the Water. And everybody was crying. And he, you know, here was this seven-year-old took the microphone and just sang to his grandpa. So it was around that time. It was you know, not, not many months after. It was like, Mom, I'm not going to let you sit in grief forever. You know? And of course, as you know, the grieving journey is so personal. And nobody yeah. can say to you, it's time. You, know, you have to navigate the feelings. and you know, the feelings of, I mean, for so long, there were so many feelings of what could I have done? Right. You know, we were so close and I saw him struggling. What else could I have done? And you, you know, you go over a million scenarios in your mind of how I could have changed his fate only to come to realize that this truly is a fate that's bound in love together. Yeah. And it's not to be changed by us. It's to be responded to and stewarded in, as you're doing, in the best, most loving, kind ways we can in ways of service. And of course, it doesn't make the grief any easier. Right. You know, and sometimes I think to myself, like at the concert you described, like, how can you smile? But it was that experience of using the sound bowls and then looking at my face in the mirror and seeing my eyes filled with joy. They were filled with light was like, this is nuts. So I began to understand the deeper I ground and go into the despair and the anguish, the more the joy comes. So the deeper that I root myself and don't run away from the feelings, the more expanded and the more light comes in my system and the more joy is in my face. It was, it was, it still amazes me. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man, powerful. It's one of the things that you said that reminds me so clearly. And it was probably two months, I think, after Dara had passed away and I was walking by her pictures. I just had pictures of, I have two children. 
and they were on the hallway wall and and I walked by and, and I would just look at them and just sob and sob and sometimes I would fall to the floor and just cry right there and and she had just said you know and of course you hear it internally then it makes me cry still but she said when you look at me if all you do is see and feel sorrow then don't look at me until you can look at me and smile and remember every beautiful thing we did together and i didn't look at her pictures for oh god i think it was a solid month maybe even two months before i actually could look because i felt like i would really go against what she had asked me because it was loud and clear do not let my life be this that you're this ball of goop on the floor and that's all i ever meant to you and it was powerful it was powerful to hear her say that I, I want to circle back to where you had said, because this is the thing, when you are able to say that the things that happen in our life, and even the passing of a child, that there's, there's gifts, there's gifts in those, to be able to say that and know that and mean that, and as a person who is freshly grieving, or maybe two years into grieving, and, and it's right, exactly what you said, please just go away. That's not that is not what I want to hear. And if somebody would have said that to me, I would have thought, you know, you are out of your effing mind. And I don't, there's no gift in this at all. Yet the gifts just keep pouring in and pouring in and pouring in. And how long do you think that it took you to be able to recognize? So I know that this was just a few months in August when you had seen the joy in your eyes, but had you noticed any gifts prior to that? Or was it from that point on where you really started to be able to resonate with and feel and see and, and know your knowingness no more of the gifts that are happening with Dylan being on the other side? I mean, I would say even then, I did not see it as a gift. It took a long mm. time. And I think one of the main things that happened besides him encouraging me to move into the world of healing sound was, um, I was thinking about this last night because we're coming right on this day. So it was May 15th, the year he passed in 2015. And I went to a healer and I just got a message inside that day that said, you know what, as Dylan was a, a ski racer and we had been to many, many high places in the world. And because of my singing, he had traveled with me many, many places. And our dream was, we'd been to Nepal and seen Mount Everest from a plane. And our dream was to go also to Machu Picchu. So I just, I just heard this. I said, okay, we're going to go to Machu Picchu. And that was May 15th. And his uh, celebration of life was going to be the weekend of Memorial Day, the last weekend in May. And I just thought, Gerilyn, I mean, you, you can't, you can't just go forward in your life when the celebration is over. You've got to do something to help move you out of what's happening for you. And so I opened up the computer. I came home on May 15th. I opened up the computer and I Googled spiritual journeys to Machu Picchu. And I said to him, okay, you show me who we're going to go with and we're going. <laughs> and the first thing that popped up was Dr. Sue Mortar. And I looked at her picture I watched a video and I thought, okay. And it said spiritual journeys to Machu Picchu. But then I said to him, I had this discussion with him, Sonny, Dr. Sue is a, a blonde, blonde haired, blue eyed doctor from Indiana. So where's the shaman? Aren't we going to go with a, a Peruvian, a Quechua? I'm like, don't we go with the real thing? And I could hear him say, mom, she is the real thing. And it was mm. like, okay. And then everything began to fall in place after that. I said, yes. I got myself a, a mileage ticket. I was able to get a mileage ticket two weeks out. So that the trip happened, I think, uh, June 7th. So it was three weeks later. They told me there were no more places. And then, of course, there was a place. And that trip was life-changing. And him leading me to Dr. Sue Martyr changed everything. That and the sound changed everything. And on that trip, there's a, an event that happened that she takes a, a group, whoever would like to go up to the top of Wanapichu, the famous peak. And I had planned to go, but that night I had a major breakdown. I just could not stop sobbing and I couldn't sleep. So I couldn't responsibly get up at four in the morning and then hike up this tall mountain. So 
I went to the other side. I ended up going by myself to the sun gate. And I had given Dr. Sue a picture that we had made of, of him in his senior year and um, with his college essay quote about climbing up the mountains and that the way up is the way down. And you know, he loved philosophy. She took that picture and she did a ceremony for him at the top of Wanapichu and they filmed it. And you see this beam of light come in the picture and land on his face. And uh, one of the guys caught, caught it in a photo where you actually see right from his throat chakra, this huge beam of light. And she came down the mountain and she said to me, I, she had tears in her eyes. She said, I've, I've got to show you something. I've got to show you this photo. And um, she showed it to me and we both, it was like, okay, okay, I get it. And that was the beginning, you know, of more signs of light beams of sound. And I began to learn from her. She's a bioenergetics master. And she just came out with a book called The Energy Codes, which is really what I began to learn with her. And I, I said to myself, I'm going to do everything I can afford to do with her for as long as I can until I get myself in a better place. So it was a combination of her work and the singing bowls that began to bring me to the place you asked about. But it wasn't until over a year later that I stood up in one of the groups there and I said, I can't believe I'm standing up and saying this because I never thought I'd get to this point. But I begin to understand that Dylan's passing is in my favor. It's something good. And I mean, just to get those words out of my mouth was, it was, it was hard, but I began to really embody it that it's not just an intellectual thing that the more it's what you said and that brought me to tears about your daughter's photo the more that i began to land in the goodness of it and the the gift the more my life began to change and it doesn't mean avoiding the pain you can't i mean and i remember very succinctly there was one day that i was in the office right next to his room and i just i collapsed like you said i just collapsed on the floor and i started beating my chest until I made my chest black and blue. And I said, God, take me, just take me. There's no point to go on in this life without my son. And he was my only, my only child. So, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is serious, Gerilyn. I mean, those feelings were so intense. If I could have just beat myself to a pulp, I would have. And something inside me just stopped it. And I called my mom and I, I said, mom, I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm at the end. And she said to me, if you take your life, I'll kill you first. <laughs> it was so sobering. It was like, and I think that was, that was probably the lowest I, I ever fell. And, you know, so there were moments where like a year later with Dr. Sue in the group that I could say it. And then there was moments where you just fall back in the grief and you don't, you don't see any way through it. So it's not like it's a consistent for me anyways, it's not like it's a consistent, clear path of, okay, we're going forward, you know, the stars are shining. It's, it's not that. And, you know, I mentioned it was Mother's Day now on Sunday and it's just hard. I, it's, I think the hardest thing is watching, we have a large family, there's 23, 23 of us and it's watching all the other kids grow and watching my sisters and brother and nieces and nephews, everyone have a future. And one dear friend of my mom who, they started the Compassionate Friends, which is a, a wonderful organization um, for parents who have lost children. Um, they started the chapter out here in our area and her boy had died in college. And her husband said, you know, when you lose a parent, you lose your past. And when you lose a partner, you lose your present. But when you lose a child, you lose your future. And watching my family continue to grow, watching friends kids come home from college and you know all that kind of stuff is I fell into a, a few days of really deep grief this year because he would have graduated from college Mother's Day and you know just recognizing there's always going to be something where you imagine what the future would be and how their lives would have been how your life would have been different but I really understand we have a different future and this future has to do with that we are made of energy and that energy is in the form of sound vibration and frequency and light and that is my relationship with my son now it it truly is eternal 
Is it how I would have wished it, how you would have wished it? No, not in a million years. Yeah. But, you know, that is what life gave us. And so what do you do? Do you scream and rant and complain and, you know, the rest of your life? And it's like what your daughter said and what Dylan says to me, mom, you know, we got a lot to do. And, you know, he said to me this year, mom, put your seatbelt on and fasten up. You know, we, we, we're going. <laughs> and it's like, okay, just, okay. Ground me, teach me. And that's why, you know, Dr. Sue's principles of embodiment and um, understanding the bigger picture, you know, the bigger picture of what, the soul connection, what the soul connections are that we have with our children, with our families, what our true life and soul purpose is. Hey, it is, it is so much bigger than, than we could have imagined. And she always says, you know, big beings take on big projects. And whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, the loss of a child or an illness or um, a disability or whatever it is, when we have those things in our lives, I think to myself, big beings take on big projects. Okay, Dr. Sue. So, all right, Dylan, you know, show me and show me the way. And he, he comes through all the time and we talk every day. I mean, it's, I'll say to my mom, mom, you know, I'm living in this, in this world now where I'm communicating every day with my son, who's in another form in another frequency. And I'm playing these crystal alchemy singing bowls. I I must be really weird. And she's like, no, dear, you know what only a mother would say to you. Right. <laughs> it's a new life. And if we can embrace the gifts, as you said, and you're, you're doing that amazing in your life. And it's, you know, it's, there's, it's not a one size fits all. And there's no one straight way on the path. It's just, I wish there were, but it, it's not that way. Right. It, it, it just isn't. And like for me, I think I said this earlier, we're coming up on 11 years and I have to share this. So for me, Dara speaks to me in synchronicities all of the time. I get so many synchronicities and I just see her doing this happy dance where she's just like, I told you, I told you, if you would listen, I've been telling you. So even this whole name for this podcast, Dare a New Belief is named after my daughter. Her name is Dara. And it it took me, I knew I wanted to do a podcast probably, I don't know, four years ago, maybe. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to name it? What am I going to name it? Because that was one of the things I wanted to bring her forward. I needed to do something to continue to bring her forward. And boom, in August of 2018, it hit me, dare a new belief. (laughs) She was just like, oh my God, thank you. Because I've been working really hard trying to get this message to you and you finally got it. But one of the things Oh, shoot. I completely lost what I wanted to share with you about, oh, the 11 years. So we're coming up on 11 years and we just had Mother's Day. And I think that I have it together. I think I really have it together. And here comes Mother's Day. And it's like, I'm sick. My stomach feels sick. My head feels sick. I'm tired. I just want to sleep. And it's like, oh, God. And I hear her saying, come on, mom. It's this is today that I get to honor you. And I have a son and my son had invited my husband and I down to his house for dinner. And, and I was like, I'm going to put on a good face and I'm going to fake it because I don't, I want this day just to be done 11 years later. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, am I not any farther than that? But it is exactly what you said, Geraldine, that you're going along and it's okay. And then boom, it's right there. Or you have this dip or you have this thing. And, and I, I think it's just going to be the whole rest of our life that, that we're flying along. And, and then it's just like a little turbulence and we straighten out our, our GPS system and, and we get back in alignment with what we are doing. And, and then we just continue, continue moving forward. And, um, and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day with my son. And I cannot look at my son without seeing my daughter. And be, they were best friends. So you cannot see one without seeing the other person. And you could just feel her presence. I don't say that around him very much because he's just not there yet. Okay. Um, but you can feel it. And it, it was, we didn't have to say anything. We didn't have to do anything. It was just that energy was just there. And it was like, oh, thank you, God. And thank you, Dara, for not letting me bail out on this because I could have, and my son would have understood. But I was so grateful that I didn't. And I think I was so happy just to be 
to be done with that because that was that underlying vibration before we got down to be with my son. But honest to God, Gerilyn, I forgot it was Mother's Day and you just went through it too. I totally forgot about that until we first jumped onto this call. And it, I think sometimes we just get absorbed in our, our stuff. And it, it's a very clear reminder to me that it's, feel the things that you need to feel and then be present, be present to what is happening in the moment. And, and sometimes that grief grabs us. And, um, and, and at least for me, I know there's times I'm just not present in the moment because the grief has me. But the other thing I want to share before I forget, you said you took your trip to uh, Machu Picchu on June 7th. That's when you left. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter's passing is June 7th. So it's those things for me. And I mean, I just see her up there just doing this. Um, what do you call the, the Irish tap dancer people, the, the river dance, just yeah. going, I told you, I told you, if you would just listen to me, it's all okay. And intellectually, how we get that. And then I get it so much on a cellular level. And then there's other times it's like, God dang it, I want you here so bad. I want to see you and smell you. And she's like, yep, well, you can, because that person will walk by and they have that scent of her, her hairspray or her, a cologne that she would wear. It's like, oh my God, you are everywhere. You are everywhere with me. And that, that's the other thing I wanted to tell you that thing. Cause I had said this to a friend of mine when she felt so bad for me and she was crying so much harder than I was. And she said, I just, because you're not with her and how much you must miss her. And, and, and it was all of that. And I kept saying, but I am with her more now than I ever was because she was 18. Her life was about being with her friends and, and this adventure of life. And, and I didn't see her very often. She was gone playing and doing fun stuff. And now she is with me 24 hours a day in a way that's so completely different and peaceful and loving and, and engaging and still too brand new for me really to be able to feel into that enough to know exactly what was happening. But it was hard for me to be able to share that with somebody else because it was, you got the look like you're out of your mind because you should be in bed and never getting out of your bed again, because you've just gone through this trauma. And it's like, yeah, but there's this piece, there's a piece that comes with that. Um, yeah. It's such a journey. It's just such a journey and how, and it affects everybody. So how we manage that, how we navigate that, that path is so individual. And there's no right way or wrong way to do it. We just have to take that step that's available to us or not take a step. Just sit back and be with it. And how beautiful to do it with the sounding bowls. I kept calling them singing bowls. I apologize for that. Oh, no, they are. They are called singing bowls. That's fine. They're crystal alchemy singing bowls. So oh, okay. I think what you, there were two things that happened near the beginning that were really instrumental. It was like what you said about walking by your daughter's picture. The times that I would fall deep, he would pull me out. So there were two times. There was one time where, and I didn't know what to name this, but now I understand, okay, it was a visitation. It's just what you said. He was, it was late at night in the middle of the night, three or four in the morning. And I woke up with a start. I mean, I was still in the dream, but he was right there. It was like he was floating above me. It began that I could smell him I could sense he he was a physical presence in the room and I could see like this shadow of a, of a light of his being and he was talking with me and having this conversation and I could hug him so I could feel the warmth of his embrace I could actually feel it and we had this mm -hmm. whole conversation and you know then I fell back gently to sleep and when I woke up in the morning I jumped out of bed and I ran down to his room and I thought he's there everything that happened is has just been a bad dream. And then I sat down in the absurdity of what I had done. Like, are you kidding, Gerilyn? I mean, really? And I looked down at my nightgown and there was this tiny white feather embedded <laughs> in the threads of my nightgown. And I don't have down pillows or a down comforter. Oh. Right? Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I mean, so that that one thing was just, it was huge. It was like, mom, you've got to get, really, love is eternal. Love comes from the infinite. We are infinite. And so I've begun to say, you know, we are made of sound, vibration, and light. It is from whence we come, and it's where to we return. That is this, this constant. And 
the other thing that happened was when my niece was in the hospital, she was six months pregnant and the baby was not doing well. And I went to the hospital and I brought, I brought a couple of the singing bowls and I, I just gave her like a, a little sound treatment. And for some days the baby was better. And then it, he didn't make it. There was some deformities, et cetera. And as I was coming back from the hospital, I stopped at a stop sign right near my house. And I, I just started yelling at Dylan. I just started yelling at him. Why can't you be here? Everybody loved you. The little kids, like they loved, you know, he would, he was really strong. He was like a, a muscly and he would pick the kids up with one hand, put them over his head. And you know, it was just like, why son, why can't you, I was screaming at him. Why, why can't you be here? And at the stop sign, my radio popped on and it starts to play wonderful world. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And his name flashes on my screen and it says, Dylan, source, <laughs> source unknown, back home. And I'm like, OMG. So I, I take a picture of it and I send it to my niece and I send it to all the family. Source unknown, back home, Dylan. It was like, okay, son, I, I get it. I get it loud and clear. I'm not going to yell at you anymore. And I'm going <laughs> no, to accept and move forward, you know, and move, root myself into life, you know, and share about you and see, you know, if any way, like what we're doing by sharing from your heart, if you can give hope to other people and make a difference in other people's lives, then you know that your children, your children's passing was not in vain. It's part of a, it's part of a bigger story. It's part of a bigger, bigger energetic that, you know, hopefully we, one, one day we will understand, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so true because there was so many things with, so Dara was in a car accident and man had run a red light and she had just barely gotten to the intersection. And we know that because there was witnesses there, it was uh, 3.15 in the morning and she should not have even been here. And that was the thing that I kept saying that there has to be a reason. There has to be a reason for everything because she should have been in Montana or she should have been in Florida. She should not even have been here and she shouldn't even have been on that road, but a friend had called her and needed a ride home and she gave him a ride home and on her way home, that's when the accident happened. It just always would keep coming back to me that there has to be a reason for all of this. There has to be a reason for all of this. And then there was with these signs, with the things that happened, there was at her funeral. Oh, and I have to tell you this because I was on your website and I was watching when you were singing um, Ave Maria. I think, were you with Marianne Williamson on that one? Yeah. Uh -huh. That's the right one. Okay. So with Marianne Williamson and, and you're singing Ave Maria and I just bust up laughing because <laughs> Dara's grandmother, who now has passed away on um, her father's side, was a soprano and she would sing this song often and, and would sing it very loud and very high pitched. And she had a beautiful voice, but it was, it was loud and high pitched. And anybody in that family who's listening, you know that I love Mary. So don't take that personally, <laughs> but we, we would kind of tease and she knew that Mary knew that. And so we would, we would sing. And if the kids I'm divorced from their father, so their kids would go back and see their dad and see their grandparents and they would go to church and Mary would be singing in church and, and Dara and Tommy would say like, oh, grandma was singing and it's that loud. <laughs> so, so we're at the funeral or the funeral is done and her, the cemetery is 60 miles away. That's a completely different story. The cemetery is 60 miles away. And so it takes us forever to get there. And we're sitting there, you know, they line the whole family up and, you know, whatever position I'm in, I think it was grandfather, grandmother, me. Um, and then Dennis, Tommy, and then um, Dara's father, you know, biological father. Dennis is my my present husband. So, so at the very end of the service, it's you know we're we're done with everything, and the priest starts singing Ave Maria, and I'm sitting completely still because Mary is right next to me, and I'm like, there's no way she's going to let this moment go. She's singing it, and we're outside, and it's a beautiful day, and she starts belting this song out and it took everything for me not to bust up laughing I have tears just streaming down my face because I, if I would have started laughing at that moment I know they would have been taking me in into the mental institution knowing that I just completely lost it right then and there and I just heard Derek going no grandma no not in front of my friends 
So I'm thinking of all the songs that you're singing. Here it's Ave Marie, and it's just like, oh God, thank you so much for that that beautiful reminder of that the synchronicities and how these coincidences always keep showing up in my life. And coincidences and coinciding, not like that thing that doesn't have a meaning because it all has meaning. Music is a fantastic way that there's communication. Music is, oh. I mean, it's just, it's vibration, right? And once again, it's yeah. sound vibration. So they communicate often through music songs. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We left the cemetery and got into the car. My car was so cleaned out. We had cleaned it out head to toe because we knew we'd be transporting people, family coming from out of town. And we get into the car and on the front seat, on the, on the passenger side, on the floor are two pieces of um, car glass because the, the car glass is so completely different than regular glass, right? It has that tint. It's a little bit thicker. It, it shatters a little bit differently. And here's two pieces of this glass just sitting on the floorboard. And it's like, no kidding, no kidding. Like how many more of these beautiful gifts and signs and synchronicities will continue to show up in my life? And they just haven't quit for all of this time. They just haven't quit. And I don't ever expect them to quit. And the way they show up and the music, I just did a post on this on my Facebook post about, because <laughs> when I see I'm not a good singer. And when I sing a song, and especially if I'm crying, I'm belting that baby out, trying to get past the singing, the crying part of it. Wow. And every time, every time I do it, I just hear Darius saying, thank God nobody can hear you because this is not pleasant. And then I just start singing it even louder still, just so like singing it to the heavens, singing it to the heavens and releasing it from me. And yeah, it is. It's such a profound way. I mean, it's such a profound way to move energy, to move stuck feelings and energy in our body is just to sound, whether it's humming, sound, uh, sounding, singing. Um, it's such a, it's a tool that everybody has, you know, and if you don't feel comfortable, do it under the shower and just beware when you do it when you're driving. <laughs> right. Right, right. How beautiful that we have that built in us. We don't even have to go anywhere to get it. It's right there, that beautiful gift of being able to hum and to feel that vibration throughout your whole entire body just by humming. It's like we, we're these little mini universes inside of this beautiful world. And we have all of these beautiful, gorgeous tools built right in to allow us to heal. It's true. And, you know, the more that I delved into the science behind sound, every single organ, every cell of our body has its own unique frequency, as does the universe, the planets, the stars. Everything has its own vibrational frequency. And by bringing ourselves back into harmony, you know, whether it's, whether it's humming, simply just when I'm working with cancer patients, I'm teaching them about how to use your own voice to just bring you out of any anxiety or panic or um, just discomfort by going inside and humming, toning. You know, as you said, it's something that we all have access to. And it's not about being a great singer at all, it's about moving vibration and moving sound into spaces in your body. I, I often say that the sound goes where, where words and human touch and medicines can't go. The sound goes into those ineffable places inside us. It moves, it changes, it, it balances us up, it brings us into harmony. And it's, it's a true gift for people to use. And I'm so happy that sound medicine and vibration is coming more into mainstream more and more into mainstream people are really looking for a way to their center a way back to their soul a way back home that is so beautiful that's so beautiful and i'm so excited because i signed up for your four week or four four week <laughs> four day intensive that's coming up in October. So I'll be learning how to do the singing bowls. And that was completely by serendipity. Also, I'm working with the person coaching long distance who uh, broke his broke his back. It's right at the at T5. And I also do acupuncture. So we call that the heart back shoe. And it's just like, it didn't even occur to me to use sound vibration. It didn't occur to me. So I ran across you on the internet and then went, Oh my vibration, the singing bowls. And I thought, oh, I can't do the singing bowls. He's too far away. I don't know how that's going to work. And so I opted to do it differently because I just didn't know for sure how that would work out. And so I have a tuning 
pipe, a tuning pipe. And so I will just literally have him turn, turn himself. So if we're doing a zoom, he'll turn his back to the camera and I'll just hit that pipe. Awesome. And the first time I did, he was just like, whoa, what are you doing? Awesome. It was so profound. But this whole thing of circling back, and I had just told him this the other night, it was because of him that I remembered the singing bowls because I, I knew you and I knew I wanted to talk to you on my podcast. But the singing bowls had kind of left me. I was thinking more of, about your journey and how you have been able to process losing your son and where you're at on the path and how all of this came about for you and if you would be willing to share that so other people on their path can glean from that and be able to take one more step forward today. And, and it was through him when I was looking to see, you know, what can I do? And it's like the singing bowls, Geraldine, this whole entire thing, how we, it's just this great, big, huge, beautiful web. And we are all connected and every single one of us serves the other person. And we serve people all over the world, just through vibration and, and thought and love, because I truly believe that when we are sending love to one person, it gets sent around the entire world, the whole entire universe into the cosmos and right back down into us and into mother earth. And it's just such a beautiful world we live in. And I don't know if I ever would have discovered this had it not been for the passing of my daughter, these beautiful gifts that she has given to me right from, from being in a place of, of not, not being really happy with life to a place of, I can't wait to wake up and start my day because I know something magical is going to happen because that's just the beauty of this world. I know. And you know, I had this last summer, I just had this message from Dylan that said, mom, we're going to do an online series. And it's like, oh my gosh. Okay. Right. No mom. And again, like call the bull dudes. It was really insane. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the name. He said, it's the sacred science of sound. And this mm -hmm. is who you're going to invite. And he gave me the list. And I was like, okay, I mean, this is, this is serious. And I reached out to David Pramal and Mitten were one of the first people. He said, mom, you need to call them. You need to contact them. And it was like, they're really, really well known. I know their music for years. I love their music. They're it's sacred and it's high vibrational and it's very healing. And I used it during the time after he passed and, and of course before, but um, I wrote them. I just simply wrote them to their website and within three days, their manager answered and said, yes, we'd be honored to be a part of it. And it was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, okay, son, you're, you're really serious. <laughs> and we assembled an incredible group of people and we spoke about vibrational healing, energy medicine, the healing power of music. It went worldwide. And I didn't plan to talk about him. It just, he was the inspiration, but the whole thing unfolded in such a natural way that um, people requested them a live event, which is what we're doing in November. And the training you're going to come to is right before that. So yes, people are going to be coming from quite far. There's people from Australia and New Zealand and um, Asia and South America. And so we decided to put offer this, this training. It's a small group of people, but, because so many people are asking, what else can we do? What is the healing power of sound about? And what can we do with these amazing alchemy bowls? They're really, I mean, I'm a walking example of it. They are really sonic tools of transformation. And so um, the live event's gonna be November one through three in Los Angeles at Wanderlust. And um, it's gonna be concerts and classes and Dr. Sue Martyr's gonna be there and Lee Harris. These are people that were on the live series, Barry Goldstein, Dr. Daniel Levitin, Neela Minocha, and some surprise guests. I'm just thrilled, and I'm thrilled you're going to join us in California. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And so, so grateful, so grateful that Dylan told you to do this, because what a blessing for the world, right? It's just such a big blessing. These little people who are down here on this earth, these little people that become these big, major influences and direct us and show us and open up doors and right i mean it's just oh my god it's just so i don't even know if i know the world because it's not even a, a worldly word to express how it feels the expansion in my chest just 
it's hearing this and knowing this and knowing that I get to be part of that. And the only reason that I know of this and get to be part of this is because of the gift of the passing, the gift that came out of the passing of my daughter and that I needed to know more and more about how this world works. And it was right. Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden and Bruce Lipton. I wanted to see them. I wasn't sure what any of this other stuff was. I fell upon you and it was just like, oh my God, right? It's connect the dots when you're looking backwards, never going forward, but connecting those dots, looking backwards going, man, that led to that and that led to that. And I was so driven to be at that event. And there was no reason I didn't have the money to do it. I didn't have the time to do it, but I just knew I had it to be there and everything that has happened from that event. It's just, oh, it's just such a beautiful experience. It's such a beautiful guided, gorgeous experience. And I am so grateful and so blessed to be on this plane and this path the same time as you, Geraldine, because you just bring such light and love and energy and healing to the world. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful work that you are doing. Not, I mean, in the end, in the end, what remains is love. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. And the form that our children have taken and how we are learning what that really means, what unconditional love, what the healing power of love, the vibrational frequency of love, however you want to name it, love is the universal solvent. Love, love is, love is where we are. You know, if we can, if we can choose that, and the kids have <laughs> nudged us very strongly <laughs> to, choose that, to choose that and to keep choosing that. And um, I know we. You know, for me, it comes through music and the, the feeling that no matter what, we're never alone. Our children are always with us. There is this presence of love, which begins with self-love, you know, and we've heard so much about that in our culture, but to really, to really embody what love means, to really embody the frequency of love, it changes everything. And what you were saying, like, there'll be times where your vibrational field is just, you know emanating in that feeling of love and you know that somewhere somebody's going to go home after work and they're not going to yell at their husband or they're not <laughs> going to get in a fight with their mom because we're expressing that and it's changing the field it i experience it every single day it's it's changing the field in our in our world and that's i think i know now that's partly why i'm here that's beautiful that's beautiful Oh, Gerilyn, I am just, I am so grateful for this time. I'm so grateful for you sharing Dylan with us and sharing your journey with us. And as we bring this into a landing, I know that there's people that are going to want to get in touch with you and learn more about the classes that you offer and different events that you're going to be at because you are a very busy woman. And the best way... <laughs> For them to get in touch with you is to go to jerilynglass.com uh, or crystalcadence.com. Is that correct? Yes. And on both of the websites, when you um, there's a pop-up that says, um, if you're interested in more information, you give your name and email and you receive two free downloads of music. So one is a beautiful classical aria by Dvorak. It's sung in the Czech language and it's scored with strings and crystal alchemy singing bowls. And the other one is one of my favorite pieces by, um, by Irving Berlin. It's uh, so you get a, a meditation and uh, just some healing music. And then we've started a YouTube channel, Crystal Cadence, which is the name of my business with the crystal bowls. And every Tuesday, there's a tune-up Tuesday, and you get a, a free alchemy meditation about 12 minutes. So I've been having a lot of fun doing that. And <laughs> Dylan is always telling me, Mom, we're going to use these bowls this week, and we're going to have this thing. And it's like, okay, son, let me, let me also have my own ideas. No, he's, he's funny as heck. He's just a very, a very big, big loving presence, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. As, as I said, I, I'm never alone. And when there's moments that I sink in that and feel like, oh my gosh, you know, there's no one with you. It's like, no, that's, that's not true. Exactly right. That's exactly right. That's true. Yeah. 
and the relationship keeps growing. You know, it's what we said earlier. It's not that you're going to have a future with them and watch them, whatever, get married or whatever happens for their lives. It's not that. It's a different future. It's a future of expansion. Right. Perfect. Perfectly said. It is. It is. Absolutely is. Oh, well, Geraldine, I thank you so much. I, I am so honored to have this time with you. And I want the listeners to know that this podcast is going to close out with a recording of No One Is Alone. And this is one of your recordings. This is your recording with the Crystal Bowls, correct? Yes, I made, um, you know, it took me after he passed, I shut my mouth for I had not eight gigs. I finished those concerts. I finished those performances. And then I shut my mouth for almost a year and traveled and processed. And then it came time to sing again. And this was the album that I created. It comes from the album that I created for him, with him. My first foray into using the crystal bowls as instruments. And now it's developing really beautifully. I did a Christmas album with Dr. Sue, where we really integrated the bowls. And now I'm working on another project that's going to release uh, in November uh, at the time of Sacred Science of Sound with uh, a jazz musician that I'm really excited about too. So we're, we're beginning to integrate the bowls more into mainstream music as, as just um, a presence in the sound that brings people a, a deep peace, brings people a calmness and, and so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. So beautiful. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am to spend time with you starting in October and going into November. I'm thrilled to be doing that. And um, all of the information, how to contact you will be on the show notes. So there's no worries if you didn't catch how to contact Gerilyn that will be in the show notes. All of that information will be there. And um, we're going to end this podcast with this beautiful recording that is called no one is alone. Until next week, everybody, thank you so much. And Geraldine, thank you again for your time and your beautiful gift um, of you and your presence. Be right.
can be good You decide what's right You decide what's good Just remember Someone is on your side Someone else is not While you're seeing your side Maybe you forgot They are not alone No one is alone Hard to see the light Let it go Things will come out right now We can make it so Hogan.com for show notes and other information that you can use right away. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to rate and review right there on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.